Hello everyone. Today we're thinking very much about hope. I hope I remember to turn the oven off. I hope there's not a queue at the checkout. I hope he remembers to buy the tea bags. I hope the car's not iced over in the morning. I hope Santa brings me the game I really, really want. I hope there's a mobile phone signal here. Oh, I hope the bus is not late. Well, that word hope is frequently on our lips. Often we use it with an implied sense of uncertainty. Maybe something will be as we wish. Maybe it won't. We don't know, but we hope so. Maybe we even use it in the sense of touch wood, cross your fingers and hope for the best. However, in the Bible, hope is a much, much bigger word than this, with a much fuller and richer meaning. So let's take a look. First of all, hope's foundation. Realistic hope is based on promise. If the sky looks promising and the weather forecast is promising, there's good reason to hope for a fine day. If someone makes us a promise, we know from their character that they're likely to keep their promise if they possibly can, we have reason to hope for a positive outcome. When a couple get married, their hope for a happy future together is based on the promises they have made to each other and the days ahead look promising. In the Bible, however, hope is not just about something looking promising. It's even bigger than that. In the Bible, hope carries the sense of a sure and certain expectation because the one making the promises is God himself. The God of the Bible is the great promise keeper. The person and character of God who loves us is the solid foundation of our hope. And as the Bible tells us in the Lord Jesus, all the promises of God find their yes and amen. Bible hope is based on God's faithful promises. So let's think about Isaiah the prophet. We've just read some lovely words from his book in the Old Testament. Isaiah was one of the prophets of ancient Israel. He lived in troubled times. The prophets over the years often had to give warnings and rebukes for bad behaviour since God's people frequently rebelled against him and wanted to go their own way. However, the prophetic writings are also often full of hope for those who would turn back to God, conveying the most beautiful promises and assurances of the love of God and the plans of God for his people and indeed for his world. How many promises can you see in today's reading from Isaiah? Well, let's take a brief look at these promises. The promise of comfort in verses 1 to 2. Times had been hard. When that's the case, it's not always our own fault. But on this occasion, the nation had willfully rebelled against God. And as a result, their world was now distorted and dangerous. Enough, says God. It will not always be so. And he holds out this lovely promise of comfort. Punishment will not last forever. And the end of the hard times is at hand, says God. Isaiah is announcing tender words of comfort from God himself. What is going to happen? 
Well, look out for a messenger, verses 3 to 5. Someone's coming. Be ready, be alert, for a messenger is coming who will prepare the way for God himself. The job of the messenger will be to help people get ready, to clear away all obstacles, so that nothing will get in the way of people everywhere seeing and recognising God's glory when it's revealed. Now, does this sound familiar? Take a look at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 2. When Mark wrote his Gospel, several centuries had passed by after Isaiah, but God had not forgotten his promise. Here, Mark tells us that when John the Baptist came on the scene, he was recognised as the very messenger of whom Isaiah had spoken. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. As a result of John's ministry, people were alerted. God was going to keep his ancient promise. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. It had been so very long since Isaiah had first brought them this message. But some may have noticed that in Isaiah 40 verses 4 to 8, there is a reminder that although time passes, the seasons and the generations come and go, still God is faithful. He does not forget his promises and the word of God stands forever. It may take time, Isaiah had said, but God will not forget. Many, therefore, must have been standing on tiptoe in the days of John the Baptist, the promised messenger. What would happen next? Well, what a message. Isaiah 40 verses 9 to 11. Shout it from the mountain tops. Don't be afraid. Don't hold back. Say to all of God's people, here is your God. The messenger would prepare the way for God himself to come among his people and when the time was right, would be able to say, Look, here he is. Again, this may ring bells with you. Take a look at John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 29 to 34. Here, John the Baptist sees Jesus coming and recognises just who he is. John begins by saying, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He explains further and then ends by saying, I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. It was all happening just as God had promised through Isaiah all those years previously. The faithful among God's people had trusted in God's promise and had persisted in hope through those centuries, with good reason, because God is the great promise keeper. Isaiah goes on in verses 10 and 11 to say that God will come with power and authority and justice alongside tender loving care. All of these would and will be given their fullest expression in the life, death, resurrection and one day in the return of the Lord Jesus. Now we finish today with the beautiful words expressing God's shepherd care for his people. This is one of the ways that they would recognise him when he came among them. 
have a look at Isaiah 40 verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Remember how we read in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. The prophet Ezekiel describes beautifully God's loving care as that of a good shepherd. Do look at Ezekiel chapter 34 when you have the chance. And you'll remember how Jesus spoke of himself as the good shepherd in John's Gospel chapter 10 and verses 1 to 30, uh, sorry 1 to 16 chapter 10 1 to 16. When Jesus came among them the faithful would recognize in him these precious promises of God. We end therefore with this lovely reminder that our hope in Christ is not just wishful thinking, it's not superstition, but it is firmly grounded in the character of God, the greatest keeper of promises. Amen. <laughs>